That has been in the last three weeks out of nowhere. So, I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm thinking, but there's got to be a connection with other things. And I was reminded of, um, back in 2014, I was teaching on um, Romans 12 from the message version. So let's see if I can find some of it for you. Because I think there's a link. I'm trying it out on you ladies, because I've only had this thought since this morning. So, so in the message version, it says, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture, you, you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Read, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I was speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibility in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who bring things and goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. And it goes on and on and on in this um, wave for 21 verses. So I was teaching on some of this to do with self-acceptance and not being conformed to the world around you and how we love from the centre of who we are and not, don't fake it. And that was back in 2014. And I came home and I thought, oh, I think I could write a book just on Romans 12. Um, now, I've only brought one of the books with you. I'm not here talking about, I'm talking about the book, but I'm not here to sell it. All right, I brought one just to show you, but I'm not here to sell it. I don't promote things. Um, but I thought, oh, I, I think I could write a book just on Romans 12. And I thought, oh, I would call it Ordinary Matters. Because if we go back to 2009, um, people, when I talk on, different things. People say, oh, where's your books? And I said, oh, I haven't written any, and I'm not a writer. And I'm not really a writer, actually. Um, but in 2009, the guy who organises all my trips to Holland said to me, when are you going to write your book? And I said, oh, I don't think I will. He said, well, if you don't write some of your teaching down, someone else will do it in their name, and you'll be furious. And I thought, I would be. <laughs> So I got going. So I was packing one Sunday morning to go somewhere. My husband had just gone out to fill up the car with petrol. 
And I thought, I haven't got one book, I've got five books. And then I thought, oh gosh. And I knew the name of the first three. I thought, it's Father Matters, Mother Matters, Sorry Matters. And I thought, well, one's on about the relationship with the father, one with the mother, one's about confession. So I knew that much, didn't know the other two. And then God said to me, and the name of the series is Changing Lives. So I just knew they were all going to have the word matters in it and that they were going to be called a series, Changing Lives, back in 2009. So back to 2016, I'm thinking, oh, okay, I think I could write a book on Romans 12. Of course, I can call it Ordinary Matters. It says, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. I thought, it's all about ordinary. I can do ordinary. Um, so then I thought, it's got, it's got 21 verses. So I thought, well, actually, if I did each verse twice, once in the message and once in a different version, I've got 42 days. And 42 days is seven weeks, and they say that it takes six weeks to change a neural pathway to be free of an addiction or to just change the way you're thinking. In any ways, it takes something like six weeks, apparently, that the networks and neural pathways all change and we can um, have a new mind. Because you do know, don't you, that where it says talks about the renewing of our minds... It's not just a spiritual thing. They used to think, until there was neuroimagery, that um, our, our minds were hardwired. In fact, they found out the reverse. Our minds are totally like plastic. They can be remoulded, reconnected, and remade all the time. In fact, I'm reading a book by a neurosurgeon at the moment that we have something like 300 new little brain cells made new every morning. So at least if our old brain cells aren't doing too well, we've got 300 new every morning that we can give to God and say, use my new ones. <laughs> Start there with me. So, I mean, we literally can have the mind of Christ. Physically, we can experience neural change. So I knew this. So I thought, 42, 42 days, that can really change things. So, started to write the book and um, was doing okay. Now, I don't write books by having writing weeks or anything like that. I'm still seeing people one-to-one. -one. I'm still on staff at All Saints. I'm still doing conferences. I do need three hours, though, just to sort my mind out and remember what I've written the day before. But it's random, you know, it's three hours one week, and then it might be two afternoons another week, and then nothing for three weeks. But I just plough on, plough on, plough on. Um, quite random. And with this, I could be random, because if I looked at another verse, um, which says something like verse 18, don't hit back, dis uh, discover beauty in everyone. And if you've got it in, you get along with everyone. I might have had a thought about that, so I wrote a little bit of that one. So it was quite scrambled, but I was doing very nicely until 2016. And then in 2016, I'd had flu, recovered from the flu, 
and my son and his second wife um, hit the rocks and she um, ran off, went off to live with someone else. So um, that was um, 2016. And as all of you know that have had troubles, and we all have, um, Dominic's first marriage, it's my youngest son, had broken up because he'd had um, premature twins who had both died. And then um, he and his wife, they were only in their early 20s. And because it's very difficult to survive, you know, you're both drowning. And then when you do manage to land on a bit of an island, you blame each other for not rescuing each other. And of course, they did the classic thing. They were both in grief. And they thought if I had another baby, they'd both feel better. And of course, I had another baby, which is my granddaughter, Olivia. Um, but of course, I didn't feel any better. And uh, she ended up having an affair with um, Dominic's best friend, which she bitterly regretted. But actually, he wasn't old enough to get over for that. And he just felt very rejected and insecure and had edge of a breakdown, but didn't. Anyway, he then married his second wife. So he has got, he is a common denominator in this. Not completely innocent. He definitely drinks and smokes too much. But they were married for 15 years. And um, I'm not quite sure even now what happened. But um, she left and went and lived with a group of school teachers, women's school teachers. Um, and he had the little girl. And that carried on till that summer. But of course, by now, I'm no longer writing the book because as all of you know, they have troubles. The thing that goes first is, is your ability to be creative, actually. I'm still with Jesus. I can still hear Jesus. I still know about what... But that ability to have that free thinking goes because you're just focused all the time on the pain or the, what to do next or... How to, what decisions to make and what do you want me to do now, Jesus, and all of that. So you just lose the rest of it. Um, and so um, Dominic continued to have his little girl with him and then in the summer while we were away on holiday with my eldest uh, son, something else went completely wrong and um, he's uh, had a, he had a breakdown. And so, of course, social services are then involved and the little girl's taken off to the mother. And um, we haven't seen her since then, actually, our granddaughter. So that's all of all continued and all continued. And you don't get on with the book for a long time. So I picked it up again in um, beginning of 2018. By then, he had... He had settled, he was back at work, didn't have his little daughter, but was in the process of selling his house. So I started to write again in 20 to 18. Of course, it was really difficult because I've got bits of paper here, bits of, you know, if you could, I know I look well turned out, but my office is like scraps of paper on the floor. On the other side. So I collect all my papers up and start again. And by the end of uh, 2018, well, the end, about October, November, it's what you call a first draft. And then that goes off to people to um, 
correct my grammar, look at the spellings, say that's a lovely sentence, limbo doesn't make any sense, and all that sort of thing. So I've got um, two, one's an editor who does some of it. Um, my vicar's wife, who's a very good writer, looks at it, and my husband. So I gave a draft to Ron, my husband, in about the October, November, and he started to read it and said, oh, I'm not going to correct this. It's fantastic. I said, well, he said, no, no. He said, I don't care where the commas are or anything like that. It's so fantastic. Um, so I said, oh, okay. So anyway, then Becky, um, Vicar's wife, said to me, if we can get it out, it needs to be out by March 6th. Because if we can get it out by March 6th, that is the beginning of Lent. And there's 42 days till then, and people can have it as a Lent book in All Saints. Okay. So we start to do the cover. I'll show you one. I've only bought one, as I say, it's not to sell. You can go on the website if you want one. Um, so we're looking for a cover, picture of Jesus walking about with all people ordinarily on a bridge, I found the actual one I really wanted, but the guy wanted about a £1,000 for it, so he, he couldn't have it. Um, we couldn't have his. Um, so got all that ready. And then after Christmas, my husband became quite ill, and um, he was diagnosed at the end of January with a small brain tumour, and then he went into hospital beginning of February, and that was quite um, challenging um, because I was due on Premier Radio and you sort of think you ought to cancel these things. Um, but Ron said to me, no, you've got to go into Premier Radio. I'll listen to you in hospital. So my friend, his friend went in and listened with him. And um, then I was in Colchester on the Saturday and he was fine Saturday night saying, well, how many were there and blah, 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 blah. But all the time he's saying, what's happening with the book? What's happening with the book? So oh, it's really difficult to get the cover organised. Oh, I want to see the book. Anyway, on the Sunday, he became semi-conscious. And um, so the friend who was doing the cover managed to get a cover printed and get it all on the phone and took it in on the Tuesday night to show my husband, who was, because he just kept on about the book. Got to get the book out, got to get the book out. And um, so he took it in on Wednesday, which was February um, 13th, and Ron died that lunchtime, having seen the book the day before. We didn't actually get the published book till the end of the week, but he'd seen it enough on the cover to be happy. And on March the 6th, which was meant to be the launch day, we'd already launched the book by then, because that was... Um, the funeral day. So that's the story, which I haven't told before, of it. But I was thinking this morning, why was this book so contended, really? The other books I've written, they get published. This one, I've had the enormous gap in the middle with my son, and then this strange ending to it. And I thought, oh, I do know, really. I think it's because the book is about everyday ordinary living and new wine's got a strap line that goes something like local cha churches change the nation but actually i think it's smaller than that 
I think local believers change the community. I think local women doing their everyday ordinary lives change their family. And I think the real importance, just really, the real importance of um, living as a, a Jesus disciple isn't about whether you give a talk somewhere, isn't about whether you've got a quote ministry anywhere, isn't about any of that. It's about how we do our everyday ordinary lives, our everyday ordinary relationships, our everyday ordinary praying for our kids, stepkids, grandkids, partners, um, forgiving the woman next door, or, you know, all of that is what changes um, our community and what brings in the kingdom. And I was thinking this morning to link back to the people coming in. I think we will discover when we discover lots of people's stories, because I'm convinced we, as I say, we're on the edge of the whisper of a real revival. I think we'll find that it's people who have been prayed for without even knowing it. When I um, started to piece together my story, I come from a completely non-Christian background. I was 30 when I got born again. But I discovered the um, my first primary school teacher when I was five years old came up to me when I joined All Saints and said, you're Linda Evans, aren't you? That was my name as a child. I said, yes, it had been her first job as a nursery teacher when I was five years old. And she said she hadn't done it all her life. She now wished she had. She prayed for every single child on her register. So there was I, five years old, having someone pray for me. So we never know, do we? I used to take this lady around the corner's um, children to school in my car because she didn't have a car. And um, I found out years later, she was a Christian. She probably, well, I'm sure she prayed because she prayed I had to keep her kids safe in my car apart from anything else. <laughs> so I, I think there's all these ripples going on and we'll never know, but all we have to do is live our everyday ordinary lives and be the person God's called us to be. Now, I thought I was interested this morning, and I'm going to finish on this. Um, I was interested on the desires of the heart thing, of because it says God will grant us the desires of our hearts. And I really believe that he grants us the desires of our heart when we discover who we really are. When we discover who we really are, when we discover our original DNA, our original identity, what the Bible calls our new nature, when we discover that, the person we've always intended to be, and we die to the old nature, and that's not who we are. You've got to get that into your heads. Yeah selfish person, the addicted person, the person that wants revenge, all of that is not who you really are. That is all old nature. That is what we die to. But we have to learn to live 
and we live to person God intended us to be. Original DNA, original identity. And from that place, we discover our desires. And those desires are, of course, God's desires because he's made us to want the right things for us. And then we fulfill our destiny. And it's what um, Christopher West calls the 3D life. Identity, desire, destiny. Get those that lined up like that in our everyday ordinary. And we become the women that God wants us to be. Um, half the time, no one's ever going to notice any of it. But that's going to be absolutely fine because God sees. Um, while we had that quiet time, I had the name Troy. And I was saying, I don't know if any of you know a Troy or whether you're going to meet a Troy. But when you do, if you don't know him already, God wants to bless him. So um, we thought it might be something to do with Helen or Troy, but I do think it's a guy called Troy. So anyway, when you can find Troy, God wants to bless him. So if we're going to stand, I'm going to pray for you to uh, start to become... Go and continue and be encouraged on that journey of everyday ordinary living to be all that God's called you to be.